Welcome to the Authentic Church Podcast with Jeff and Fawn Peterson in Orange County, California, where our mission is simply to love God, love people, and live authentic. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com. Thank you for listening. You guys excited to jump into the Word of God today? I'm excited to bring the Word. I'm honored to bring the Word. You, When you walked in, you should have been given one of these um, if you did not get one of these, you can raise your hand and we'll figure out a way to get you one. Um, but these are, uh, these are prayer cards that we had created uh, to serve as a bit of a guide um, and, and to help you in encountering God and encountering God on a daily basis. So uh, we're going to go through today, and it's my privilege and honor to share with you a message on prayer. And we're in week two of a series that we titled Kingdom Come and it's praying powerful and effective prayers. And uh, early on in my Christian life, I had a desire to pray, uh, but I didn't really know how to pray. Um, I faked it pretty good, I guess, uh, but it, the reality was I was like, you know what, I really don't know how to pray. And, and, and I was desiring to learn and grow in prayer, and, and I would go to different prayer meetings, and I'd hear different people pray, and and I was like, man, they, they just seem like they're connecting with God in, in a way that I'm not. <laughs> and, uh, and then I had my pastor take me through teaching me the Lord's Prayer. And it totally transformed my life. And, uh, and then uh, he had furnished me with a prayer card, which you guys have in your hands today. And uh, that served as a guide. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I've gotten into prayer. You ever get into prayer and you're praying and suddenly you make the mistake of saying, ooh, I should write that down. And instead of reaching for a journal, you like grab your phone and you go to like type something into your phone. You're like, oh, that was good, God. And you go to type and it's like, oh, I got a text message from so-and-so. Okay, let me just answer this. Oh, what was that thing? What was that? I was supposed, oh, yeah. Hold on, let me, let me, let me look at my Instagram. <laughs> All right, you ever do that? And then suddenly it's like squirrel, you know, and you're like, and then you're like, where were we at, God? All right, yeah, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, and then you go about your day, you know. That's not, that's not the desire uh, for our prayer lives. Like, God wants to encounter you. And prayer isn't something that's always, like, super deep and heavy, although there's certainly times where you're going into the deep end of the pool. You're warring, man, and it's powerful. Prayer's actually supposed to be fun. Like, if you think of just the simplicity of it, you have your Father God and you are his son or daughter, and he just simply wants to chat with you. He wants to hear your heart. And he has some things on his heart that he would like to share with you as well. And he's not looking for a board meeting. Like God's not the one that's like, all right, thank you, God, for being the CEO of my life. Um, as the secretary, I'm going to call this board meeting to adjourn. All right, let me give you the list of all the things going on in today's meeting, God. Brrr, all right, thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. God's like, I don't do board meetings, and I'm the one who kind of sets the agenda, right? And he wants to set the agenda for our lives. And how many know if Jesus had a practice of waking up early, slipping away, and spending time praying and having time with the Father, and getting a download from God for what he needed to do, how many know you and I could probably benefit <laughs> from slipping away, having some time in the morning where God can just download to us, and we can have some time with him, and he can just share some things on his heart for us for that day. All right, let's go ahead and pray, and then we're going to launch into the word of God today, amen? God, we thank you for your kindness God, your kindness leads us to repentance. It leads us closer to you. Your grace, your mercy is fresh and new every morning. God, we thank you that your word is powerful. And Lord Jesus, just as you taught your disciples to pray, and just how this has been passed down through the generations, I pray that you would breathe fresh on these words that the same spirit that it was delivered in that we read about in the Gospels would be the same spirit that's sharing with us today. And so, Lord, I pray that we would just have ears to hear from you, directly from you, that we would catch your heart and we'd hear your heartbeat in the middle of the text and that you would lead us in this time together in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
Our uh, scripture that's been kind of our core scripture for this series, it's out of 1 Thessalonians 5, 16. We're going to put it up on the screen. Why don't we say this all together? This is a good declaration over our lives today. Why don't we say it all together like you've had 20 ounces of uh, venti blonde roast coffee or whatever, whatever your favorite is. Let's say it together. Ready? One, two, three. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. I love that scripture, and that scripture is such a great, like just quick reminder, rejoice in the Lord always. No matter what's going on, I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to pray without ceasing. It doesn't mean that you don't go to work, you just sit in a prayer closet all day. No, it means that as you're going about your day, you're praying without ceasing. As you encounter different things in your life, you're praying without ceasing. When you hit a speed bump in your marriage or family, you begin to pray without ceasing, right? And and no matter what's going on, no matter what's happened to you or what's happening around you, in all circumstances, we give thanks to God for this is his will for our lives. Last week, we, we started this series talking about the why and why we pray. And we really, really honed in on the heartbeat of prayer and two attributes that should serve as motivators to us in prayer. And those two attributes were uh, the sovereignty of God, uh, which is the supreme power of God, and the immutability of God, which is just the fact that God doesn't change. God is unchanging. God doesn't change his character, but he's been known to change his mind a time or two. And through prayer, we have the opportunity to engage God. And, and so if you missed last week, I highly recommend you download that teaching. and It'll serve, hopefully, as a, a foundation for cultivating a healthy, healthy prayer life for you. So last week, we focused on the why. This week, we're simply going to focus on the how. And I titled today's message, How to Pray Like Jesus. There's a lot of people that you can follow. There's a lot of incredible prayers that are in the Bible, and we're going to unpack some of those prayers over the coming weeks. But the best prayer, the best model of prayer was from Jesus himself. If Jesus walked into the room today and you could say, hey, Jesus, would you teach me to pray like you pray? He would say yes, and he would point you to these scriptures that we're going to put up on the screen. And and, um, for us at Authentic Church, uh, we actually have what we call an authentic attribute. If you're familiar, maybe you've you've seen... Uh, one of these culture cards. It just tells you a little bit more about kind of the, 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 the DNA of this house. And there was hundreds of scriptures that went into formulating this culture card. And, and one, of, one of the uh, attributes or maybe a unique characteristic, you could say, of Authentic Church is that we really value prayer. Um, in, in, in for, for valuing prayer, we had actually over 61 verses of Scripture that went in to that being something very important to us as a family of God at Authentic. And we like to say it this way in summarizing those 61 Scriptures. We say this, we believe that cat prayer is the catalyst for everything. We are a house of prayer committed to seeking his face, heart, and will. Through prayer, we discover that nothing is beyond his reach, declaring the things on earth as they are in heaven with passionate fervency and humble devotion. Prayer is vital to a flourishing Christian life and a flourishing relationship with Jesus. And Jesus had daily prayer, and so he would get away and go and pray. And the story is told in Luke chapter 11, verse 1. It says this, it says, One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Hey, Lord, will you teach us to pray? Just as John taught his disciples to pray. And Jesus, Jesus begins to share with them, and he says, You know, I'm not going to teach you how John taught his disciples to pray. I'm going to teach you how I pray. I'm going to show you how I engage, how I encounter, how, how I have fellowship with God. And so Jesus begins to unpack what has become known now as the Lord's Prayer. Uh, When I grew up uh, as a good Catholic boy, sometimes I made some bad choices, and the priest would um, prescribe to me, uh, go say 10 Our Fathers and, you know, a few Hail Marys, etc. And so I would go, and I would kneel, and I would pray my Our Fathers, and man, I got the Our Fathers down. I mean, you know, I, 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 unfortunately, 
I, I had to do a lot of our fathers because I had a lot of moments where I wasn't acting in accordance with what my father wanted me to do out on the playground. And rather than talking things out, I had a, I had a kind of a, a bent where I would punch things out, including people as a young kid. And so the priest uh, would tell me, all right, son, you need to do 10 Our Fathers again today. Go sit over there. And then, okay, poor priest, man. And then it was like, next, and the next guy would come up and We'd all confess our sins to this sweet priest that was over our parish. But we learned the Lord's Prayer. And the Lord's Prayer simply says this, and this is out of Matthew chapter 6 and Luke 11. Okay, so two Gospels record the same prayer. And and I'm going to give it to you straight here. It's our Father in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. So Jesus gives us this, the the Lord's Prayer, and it serves as a a pattern, if you will. Uh, there's, There's seven key areas to this pattern of prayer that Jesus gave us. Uh, the first part is praise and thanksgiving. Our Father, holy is your name. The second part is destiny and, the, and authority. Your kingdom come, right? The third part, give us this day. It's provision and prosperity. Number four, forgive us our sins. That fourth part is about people and relationships. The fifth part was spiritual warfare, deliver us from evil. The sixth part, yours is the kingdom. That, that refocuses keeping, keep, keep, keeping your focus on the kingdom priorities. And then that seventh part, Amen. It's just that confession of faith. So we got seven key areas that kind of complete, if you will. Seven is the number. If you take a look in the Bible, you'll see that as a pattern. There's a, there's a completeness. There's a wholeness. There was seven days of creation. There was seven main areas of the Bible. Uh, in book of Revelation, it talks about the seven different churches, the seven lampstands, the seven seals, etc. And so... Uh, So we begin with the first part, which is our Father in heaven, holy is your name. So if you have your prayer card, you can open that up, and just right there on the inside, you'll see that prayer and thanksgiving, okay? So our Father in heaven, holy is your name, praise and thanksgiving. And the goal here, when you begin spending time with God, isn't just to jump in and start reciting a bunch of scriptures. These serve as a guide, right? Remember that. Not just not a mantra. They serve as a guide. So what's the goal then when we, when we begin with praise and thanksgiving? Number one, the goal is that we're connecting with God relationally. Relationally. You know, um, God desires you to know him relationally. Um, he wants to know you as your dad. And I love how Jesus begins. He says, Guys, start it this way, Father. I, I mean, I, I like to start my days like that. I just wake up and I say, hey, good morning, Dad. Good morning, Dad. Good morning, Father. Good morning, Abba. Good morning, Papa. Put you, Whatever the words are. But the thing is that Jesus is making it, it's personal. It's relational. Yes, he's the God of the universe. But when you come into his presence and it's you and him, he's God, your Father. Like, he cares for you like stuff going on in your world that actually matters to him. You matter to him. He cares for you. He loves you. He has a desire to help you in your life. He, he wants to come alongside of you. If you could think of the best earthly dad like you could ever be or the best earthly dad that you could ever desire, God's that times 10. Like he, he, he is the best father and he's so loving and kind and just simply coming into his presence saying, our Father, good morning. You know, my kids, uh, you know, I'll, I'll typically I'm, I'm one of the first up. Typically, sometimes Fawn beats me to the punch. But usually a lot of times I'm the first one up. And I'll go down and I'll sit in my chair. And, and then and she'll come down and she'll sit in her chair. And we just kind of have time with God. And, and then our kids, one by one, will trickle down. Usually my youngest, Augie, he's usually first. And he comes down in his blanket that he drapes around him. And, and, and he likes to just come and climb in my lap and snuggle. And we'll just hang out, and, and I kiss him, man. I love kissing my kids, and I'll kiss him, and I'll hold him, and we'll talk, and, and then he'll transfer, and, you know, he kind of makes his rounds, and then he, 
goes and snuggles up next to the dog or something. And then River will come down, and then my girls come down. And there's just something so beautiful about, for, from a dad's standpoint, of just having my kids come and just, like, crawl up in my lap. You know, your heavenly father wants you just to crawl up in his lap every once in a while. You, you, you don't have to be the tough guy. Uh, you don't have to be the strong woman. Uh, you, you can actually just come and just melt in his arms. And he desires that type of closeness with you. Romans 8.15 is a good reminder for us because some of us don't view God that way. Sometimes we can view God as he's boss, I'm an employee, he's, he, he's driver, and I, I, I'm just a slave, right? And people have this view like, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. No, 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 you're a son of God. You're a daughter of God. You're a child of the most high God. You might have been a sinner, but now he calls you a saint, all right? And he's calling you up. And Romans 8.15 is a good reminder for us. It says, you've not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. You don't gotta be afraid of coming into the presence of God. Instead, you've received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. So now we call him Abba. Father. Psalms 104 through 5, this is one of my favorite psalms to just come into the presence of God. I will enter your gates with thanksgiving and into your courts with praise. I will be thankful unto you and bless your name for you, O Lord, are good. Your mercy is everlasting. Your truth endures to all generations. Hebrews 4, 16, I can come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help me in my time of need. So I just begin to go through this prayer card. I use it as a guide, and, and I'll just pray out. I'll worship for a little bit. Sometimes I sing. Sometimes I'm on my knees. Sometimes I'm sitting down. Sometimes I'm walking and just praying and having a time with God. And then one of the things that I like to do, and I encourage you to do it, is I, I like to go through the names of God. You know, God has names, and it says, holy is his name. So we want to worship his name. And Proverbs 18.10 in the message, it says this. It says, God's name is a place of protection. The righteous can run there and be saved. So his name. So what are some of the names of God? Well, we put them there on the prayer card for you so you can take a look at what are the names of God. So I begin to pray, Abba, God, you're my father. Lord, no, no matter what's going on today, I know that you're a good father and you're gonna take care of me. You're gonna make all the wrong things right. And Lord, would you just help me today? God, I thank you that you're Adonai. You are Lord and Master. I'm not the one driving this ship. You are, okay? You're the Alpha and the Omega. God, I thank you that you know the beginning from the end. So if you know the beginning from the end, you're gonna work everything out for me. El Elyon, God Most High. El Olam, Everlasting God. That's El Ro. Roi, not Rio. Some of you might have got a misprint that says Rio. It's there's a river of God, but uh, it's actually Roi, <laughs> and it's the God who sees. God, I thank you that you see me. You see me, and you see everything. God, you you know me. You're El Shaddai. You're the God Almighty. You're Jehovah Jireh. I'm not gonna to fret about what's going on in the world or the price of gas because you're my provider. You're Jehovah Mekadeshem. The Lord who sanctifies, say that five times fast. The Lord who sanctifies. God, I thank you that you're sanctifying me. God, I thank you that you're Jehovah Nisi, that you're my banner, that you're my victory banner. God, over every attack of the enemy, God, I know that you're gonna be my victory. You're Jehovah Rapha. God, that even though I might feel not the best today, I believe you're my healer. God, I thank you that you're Jehovah Roy. The Lord, my shepherd. God, I thank you, the Jehovah Sabiath, the Lord of hosts. Your Jehovah Shalom. Lord, you're my peace. Despite the world filled with war, God, I thank you that I can have your peace in the middle of the storm. God, I thank you, your Jehovah Shama. The Lord is there. It's like the Lord is there. Jehovah Shama. Lord, you're Jehovah Sidkenu. You're the Lord our righteous. God, I'm not, thank you, thank you, Lord, that I'm not judged by all the right things I've done and all the wrong things I've done. Lord, you are my righteous. So I give you thanks and praise. So you just begin to praise him. And whatever comes to your heart, whatever you're thankful for, like Isaac so beautifully led out in that song today, just begin to thank him. God, I thank you. So you begin with praise and thanksgiving, go through the names of God, and then we come to the second part, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And this speaks to destiny and authority. And really, really the heartbeat of this section is that you're not necessarily just focusing on praying your agenda, but you're praying his. Like, your kingdom come. 
Not my kingdom. I'm not out to build my own kingdom. I'm out to build your kingdom. Your will be done. God, I, I, I don't want to just do things in my, my will and my desires. God, I don't want to lean on my own understanding. In all my ways, I want to acknowledge you. I, I want to see your kingdom advance, God. So, Lord, I'm praying for the, your kingdom to come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Luke 12, 31 says this. I love this. says, he will always give you all you need from day to day if you make the kingdom of God your primary concern. It's interesting, when we get inward focus, if it's all about my concerns and my needs, man, you can get depressed, <laughs> you can get frustrated, you can be hurt, you, you, you can be slothful, but man, when my focus is on something bigger than what I see, when my focus is beyond what's within my reach, man, your perspective shifts, your purpose in life changes, and, and, and you begin, begin to walk a little bit different. There's a, level, there's a level of passion that you have. There's a level of purpose that we have when we're saying, you know what, God, I'm pursuing your kingdom and your will, and I'm praying, God, your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then you begin to go through these, and we listed out just a few areas. God, I'm praying in my personal life that I'm going to deny myself and take up my cross and follow Jesus every day. I'm praying in my family because you said, Lord, if I don't provide for my own family, I'm worse than an unbeliever. So God, I'm praying your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven in my family, in my, in my parents, in my relationships, in my siblings, et cetera, et cetera, right? And then in your vocation, your ministry, I'm, I'm going to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness in my pastor's lives. Come on. How many know your pastors need prayer? Okay. And so you pray for your pastors. I'm going to remember those who keep watch over my soul, Hebrews 13. I'm going to pray for them that the word of the Lord may spread rapidly and be honored. And then, I, and then we pray for our church. I pray that the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church according to God's eternal purposes. I'm going to pray for my leaders. I'm going to make supplication, prayer, and intercession, and giving of thanks for kings and all who are in authority that I might live a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For me, when it comes to my leaders, like when I was working in, in corporate America, I would pray for uh, my vendors. I would pray when I, had it, when I was an employee. I'd pray for my bosses. I would pray for their salvation. And I would pray for certain things that was more on God's heart, right? Like when I started out praying, I would pray like, Lord, I, I pray that they would look upon me with favor and give me a raise. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. But sometime that, that became a little bit more of my focus and, and they didn't even know Jesus. So here I am and my, my focus of praying for them was just so I could get a raise. And then I had a, a friend of mine uh, Pastor Mike Rovner, he's, he's one of our uh, uh, board of elders at the church, and Mike is an incredible business guy, and, and he says, uh, Jeff, why don't you pray what you think God cares about their life? What, what do you think God wants you to pray for for their life? Your, your prayers for that person centered around you and what you're going to get, why don't you pray what God would have for them? And it shifted things, and I said, man, Lord, I hope they know you. I, 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 God, would you help them in their marriage? God, I, I know that their kids left to college and I think they're having a hard time with that. God, would you bring them comfort in this season as they're empty nesters now? Uh, God, would you bless, they got a lot of decisions to make. Their, their pay grade is way above mine and I can't even imagine the stress that they're under. And so Lord, I, I just pray that you'd give them wisdom for every decision that they're making today for the company, uh, that it would be a blessing for, the, for all of us, but that, that they would have wisdom from you. And you begin to pray the heart of God for different leaders in your life. Uh, and then we pray for people. Uh, it says there, we have some scriptures there in your, in your handout in the prayer card. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of his truth. So then I just begin to pray for different people, which on the back of your prayer card, you'll see there's a list. There's an area you can put a few names of people that I'm believing for to know Jesus. So you, you put a name on a prayer card. By the way, the reason that I have a wife who's walking with the Lord today is because one day, early on, she was a name on my prayer card. She was a name on a prayer card. I'd never met this girl. She was just somebody that somebody said, hey, we need to pray for this girl, Fawn. She needs Jesus really bad. And so we were praying for this girl, Fawn. So I just figured, okay, so I added her to my prayer card. And then one day she showed up and I was like, thank you, Jesus. And she went, not just being on the prayer card, she was like at the top of the prayer card, you know. <laughs> sort of. It, it didn't necessarily happen that way, kind of. But. So we pray for people to know Jesus. 
We pray that they're going to encounter him. And then we pray for our city, our region, our, our, our county, our state, our, our country. We, we pray for this. And why do we pray for them? It's Jeremiah 29, 7. I will seek the peace and the prosperity in my city, county, region, state, and country. I pray to God for it, for its peace and prosperity, so that I will have peace and prosperity. So you begin to pray those things out, right? And then at the bottom there, you have a little grid where it says, I will be filled with the, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. Those are just some aspects that I pray over myself. Just, Lord, I want to have unbroken fellowship with you. I, God, give me an attitude that, that would be filled of righteousness, peace, and joy. God, I pray that my character would be strong and reflective of heaven today. Help me have the fruit of the Spirit. God, I, that my priority would be to love people. I, I, I know that knowledge puffs up but love builds up. So I wanna be the guy that builds people up. Lord, help me be that guy today. God, I pray that I would walk in the Great Commission, that I could be a witness of the resurrection. God, I know that, that I'm not wrestling against flesh and blood, the battle right there, right? I'm gonna put on the full armor of God. God, the goal is that I'm walking in the spirit and I'm not gonna fulfill the lusts of the flesh today. God, that I would be one that is a carrier of your message. I'm gonna be a carrier of the message of Christ, that I'm a, I've been anointed to proclaim the good news. God, I thank you that I'm anointed. I, I say that over my life. God, I thank you that I'm anointed. I'm anointed, God, to do what you've called me to do. So I pray, Father, the anointing that breaks the yoke would be upon me and that wherever we go today, Father, wherever we go today, Dad, that we're taking ground for the kingdom of heaven and we're stomping out the plans of the enemy. God, I thank you that I'm anointed today. And you go out like that, and, uh, and I pray for the charisma and the gifts of the Spirit of my life. But when you begin to pray these things, I'm telling you what, you, you get out of your prayer closet using this as a guide, you're going to feel like 10 feet tall and bulletproof. I'm telling you. It's going to be awesome. All right. Part, uh, then the next part. So now this is about us. This is, this, this is more about us. Give us this day our daily bread. So Jesus tells his disciples this. He says, I, I, I already know your needs before you even ask them, but I still want you to ask right? Like, like me as a dad. Okay, just again, break it down. Think of the simplicity of this. As a dad, I, I know what my kids' needs are. I, I, I know what's coming up. I know what some of their desires are, but I, I still want to hear their voices. I, I still want to commune with them. I want to have them. I want them to ask. I want to talk to them about this. So then we get into the provision and the prosperity, and really the heartbeat of this is give us our day, our daily bread, the provision and prosperity, is depend on him for everything. When you, you, when you begin to depend on God for everything, you're gonna be grateful at all times. It's like when people think that they're the greatest thing since sliced bread, when people begin to think that they're self-made, they will be humbled quick, either in this life or at the end of their life, they will be reminded that, you know what, all that stuff, that's just, that's just pile of rubble. That, yeah, that all that stuff's for nothing. But we're saying, give us this day our daily bread. God, you're my source. Yeah, I, every, I, I have need of you. And a lot of times when I get into praying for the provision and prosperity, sometimes I'll just pause and I'll just look around my house and I'll thank God. I'll be like, God, I thank you for that couch. I remember when Fawn and I bought those couches, the first brand new couches we ever purchased in our marriage. And even though that one of the slats is broken on it, Lord, I just thank you that we got these couches that we can sit on. God, I thank you. I thank you for this rug. We got such an awesome deal on this rug, God. I, God, thank you for that chair. God, thank you for the table that's in, in our dining room that all these people have signed uh, that uh, when we have people over for dinner, one of the things we like to do is have them sign the bottom of our table. And, and it's just a reminder to me of all the incredible people the Lord's allowed in our house, around our table that we could have fellowship, have relationship with. God, I thank you for all the meals that have happened around this table. God, I'm so blessed. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for my cars, whether it was a car that was barely making it down the road or something that was brand new off the lot. I was like, Lord, I thank you that we got these cars in the driveway. And then you begin to pray. And it says, Deuteronomy 8.18, you'll see it in your, your prayer card there. It says, it's God who gives me the power to create wealth that he might establish a covenant with me. So I ask for his blessing and his provision and prosperity in every year of my life. James 4.2 says right there, you don't have because you don't ask. Some people don't experience increase in blessings in their life because they just ain't even asking. They ain't even thinking, or they, they have a, a wrong theology, a wrong doctrine, like they think that they took this vow of poverty by becoming a Christian. No. So I ask in prayer, believing, and I know that I will receive. Matthew 21, that's the words of Jesus. Proverbs 8.21, this is in the Bible. You cause those who love you, God, to inherit wealth. 
you'll fill their treasuries. God, I pray for an inheritance coming my way. <laughs> I pray that you'd fill my treasury. I don't know how. I don't know where all the sales are going to come from. I got bills to pay. I got things that I'm praying and believing God for. Lord, you, you said in your word that if I honor you, you'll do this. And so, Lord, I'm going to honor you. I'm going to bring the, the first, I'm going to bring that tithe into the storehouse. I'm trusting God that you're going to open the windows of heaven. So, Lord, I thank you now. And then you just begin to go down. And then there's a place there where you can list out your financial needs. And I encourage you, write down those financial needs. Write down some things you're believing God for. I mean, I, honestly, like there's things in Fawn and I's life. I remember when I was praying, literally, I had, I had the picture of this big SUV because I had like 50 kids. So I had the picture of this big SUV because I wanted to transport them. And the car that we had was too small or we could barely squeeze in as a family and we couldn't have any friends ride with us. And we would always have friends. We'd, my parents, her parents would always come into town. We just needed a, 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 a vehicle that had a little bit more room. So I literally had on there the type of vehicle I wanted. And dude, I had it down to every Every aspect. I wanted the heads-up display. I wanted this color. I wanted this second seat. I wanted this. I mean, everything. I just decided, you know what? I'm just going to dream with God. Dude, if I don't get it, I'm still serving God. Like, like this doesn't affect my salvation. But I'm like, you know what? You don't have, you don't ask. I might as well ask. So I, I prayed about it. And wouldn't you know, God ended up increasing our finances with our company to a point where it was like, it was no problem to go in there and write a check for that big guy, you know? And so uh, whatever it might be, like, you know, if it matters to you, it matters to God. But I would encourage you, write it down. Whatever thing that you're believing for, you got your own business, you're believing for X amount of weddings to come in, you're believing for X amount of sales to come in, you're believing for X amount of new jobs and projects come in, whatever that monthly nut is that you got to crack, write that down. And you pray and stand in faith on it. And then the other thing is, then I write down other people's needs. I actually have a, a, a prayer wall at my office, and I pray a lot of things for a lot of you. You're, a lot of you have been on my prayer wall for different seasons when you're going through something or you're believing for this for your, your business or your company or a place to live or what have you, and you get written on my prayer wall. And every time when I walk into my office, the first thing I see is that prayer wall, and I go to war with you. For you, <laughs> not against you. I mean, we're together. <laughs> it's not like this. We're shoulder to shoulder. My shield is your shield. So we go to war. All right. So we pray for people's needs. Psalms 121 says this. It says, I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? No. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Now, you, you got to imagine when, when you look up at Jerusalem, when you look up to the mountains, past the mountains was where their government offices were, kind of like here. We have the government offices for Costa Mesa right across our parking lot, right? So when you go and you visit Israel and you go to Jerusalem and you look up, you're going to see the governmental buildings. So when, when the psalmist writes, am I looking to the mountains? Am I, am I looking up there where the government is? No, I'm, I'm looking past the mountains, up the horizon. My, my help doesn't come from them. My help doesn't come from a, a nominal tax check refund relief thing. My, my help actually comes from the Lord. That's, that's where my help comes from. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to focus on you, Lord, because you're the one that provides. And I'm going to keep that right, right spirit. And then the next area there is forgive us our sins. So if you turn your card over, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Now, this is where it gets really personal. And Jesus is so beautiful in, in teaching us to prayer. He doesn't leave anything out. And some people say, well, this is the Lord's Prayer. This is actually, it, it, it's called, it's known as the Lord's Prayer. But it would be more aptly named the Disciples' Prayer. Because Jesus never sinned, right? So Jesus isn't like, forgive me for my sins, because Jesus never sinned. But he's teaching them the principle of forgiveness. And so he goes through, he says, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. What's this all about? This is all about people and relationships. What's the point? Get your heart right with God and with people. Don't, 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 don't just rip through this prayer, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us. No, 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 pause, take a moment. And this is where I just go, Lord, is there anything between you and me that's not right that I need to repent of because I'm gonna repent right here and right now. I, I, I don't want any, I, I want a clean slate. And then a lot of times the Lord will bring something to mind and then I deal with it right then and there. And then I continue on. And there's something so beautiful about pausing and asking the Lord to search your heart. And then you begin to search your heart 
for maybe some stuff that you might be holding inside against other people. You know, forgiveness you can do alone, but reconciliation you can only do with another person. And there's a lot of talk in the body of Christ about forgiveness. Well, you just need to forgive them and move on. You just need to forgive that situation. And I love that. I think that's great. Yes, you do need to forgive. But what I believe brings God the greatest glory, if you have the opportunity, if that person is still alive, is still alive pursue peace. Pursue reconciliation. You're, you're, you're not gonna be able to make everything right. Trust that God can. Trust that he will. Trust, give that relationship to him and do whatever you can do to be a peacemaker, right? Jesus talked about the peacemakers. Blessed are those, right? Be, do what you can do to make peace, to keep peace, to extend peace, to be gracious. Extend that olive branch. Assume the best. Be the first one to apologize. Man, I think I, I, think I blew it here. I'm so sorry. Maybe I, didn't, maybe, maybe I miscommunicated something. Will you forgive me? Like be, be the one that just chooses to take the high road. Be the, be the one that pursues peace. Pursue that reconciliation. I love this in Acts 24, 16. I exercise myself to always have a conscience without offense towards God or man. I had a buddy of mine one time, I was complaining about somebody, and uh, this is years ago, and, and he says, you know what, Jeff? Um, he goes, I, th I, th I think you, you, you have an issue there. I'm like, I don't, it's not my issue, it's their issue, you know? <laughs> And he said, but you seem offended. I'm like, well, I am offended, you know. He's like, man, you know, it's hard to offend a dead man. And, and I thought about that, and it's right. When I'm too much in the flesh, you can get offended, right? I, can, I, I felt disrespect. I felt whatever, right? I didn't feel loved. I didn't feel respected. It's hard to offend a dead man. When you just say, you know what, I'm, I'm dead to myself. I'm alive in Christ, and, and then it, the, there's a shift in, in how you look at that person when you pray for a person. A anytime I have an issue with somebody or, or anytime somebody has an issue with me, my, my heartfelt prayer is at first I pray for them. And then, I, then, then my next prayer is, Lord, will you show me if I have any logs in my own eyes? Because I don't want to be that dude trying to remove a speck and I got like a two by four sticking out of my, and I'm just bashing people with it, Right? So Lord, help me see, do I have anything in my own eye first? And it's amazing when you do that, the Lord begins to show you different things. And as he shows you different things and he has mercy on you, you suddenly get filled with more mercy on that person as well. And it's beautiful how forgiveness can take shape in your life, in their life, and then reconciliation can happen. Uh, people have asked me, they're like, dude, how, how, have, how have you been in 20 years of ministry and you got like still great relationships with all the pastors that have been in your life and guys that you've done ministry with for years, like, how does that happen? Like, I had a buddy told me, he's like, dude, you're kind of like a unicorn, you know? And honestly, the, the way that it happens, the way that it happens is by this. The way that it happens is by this. Having daily encounters with God, having that time of, Lord, will you forgive me? And, and extending forgiveness to others, it's so beautiful what can happen. Um, and then we get to the next part. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Sounds kind of like all of a sudden we took a turn in our prayer closet with God and it goes, oh, you know, and you're like, Sparta, you know. It's like, you know, we were just like, thank you, Lord, for all the blessings in my life. And now it's like, all right, man up, you know. So what is this part? This part is all about spiritual warfare. At some point, you will need to engage in spiritual warfare. Last week we talked about, and I think it's John 10, where uh, Jesus said, watch out for the devil, because that dude's prowling around like a roaring lion, and he has got, his only goal is to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to murder you, your children, he wants to steal everything you have, he wants to kill any hope you have, so you don't even think you can crawl back to the love of the Father. Like, he wants to stomp you out, like he's serious, and he's working hard at what he wants to do. He work, he's working really hard at his agenda against you and me and the families, right? So you're gonna have to engage in spiritual warfare. If you don't, the fight's coming to your doorstep and you're like that guy that just lets somebody in. 
I'm telling him as I, I'm telling you guys as a church, we ain't gonna let him in. All right. You're going to lock and bolt the door. You're going to be like pump-action shotgun behind. This is going to be the weapons as you fight, all right? Ephesians 6.12 says this. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So spiritual warfare, when it gets to this, whatever is going on in life, in family, in friendships, in work, in wherever you're feeling attacked, that's where I typically, man, I pull out the sword and we're going after it, baby. Like, we're going. And I begin to pray through these, through these things. In 1 Timothy 1.18, it says right on there, I'm going to let these words be my weapons as I fight. And then I, you know, I just, you know, I pray for that, the anointing. I pray over my body, my children, faith, forgiveness, joy, healing, identity, uh, whatever, nothing's impossible with God. God, I'm gonna magnify you. In Jesus' name, I declare protection over my marriage. God, that I'm gonna walk in mercy. I will not have any fear. I'm a man that's filled with peace. God, I thank you, Father, that you will watch over and guard prosperity in my life. I'm a man of purity. I will put no vile thing before my, uh, my eyes. God, I thank you that you saved me. Search my heart today, God. Strengthen me. I thank you that I'm victorious in you. Give me wisdom, God. God, I worship you. I just go through those. Those are just a few words uh, that I threw on there just to help give some verbiage to you, give some words to you as you're fighting this battle. What the devil tries to do to believers, if you look at that part on your, on your note card, what the devil tries to do to believers, this is all out of the scriptures, he lies, he deceives, seduces, tempts, tests, torment, trouble, afflicts, vex, oppose, accuse, persecute, oppress, steal, kill, and destroy. But Ephesians 4.27, I will give no place to the devil, right? I'm gonna resist him and he's gonna, he's gonna flee. I overcome the dragon by the blood of the lamb, by the word of my testimony, and not, by not loving my life, even unto death. And the God of peace will soon crush Satan under my, uh, under my feet. God, I thank you that I'm part of the overcoming church of Jesus, the one that you're building. I've been given the keys to the kingdom of heaven, and whatever I bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever I loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I will be sober, vigilant, because my adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion seeking to devour me. But greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Come on. So engaging in spiritual warfare. Nehemiah 4.14, he reminded all the people this. He said, remember the Lord, who is great and glorious, and fight. There's a fight that you got to get sometimes in prayer. Yeah, prayer can be quiet and, and beautiful sitting in your chair with your nice hot cup of coffee and the spump, pumpkin spice candle burning and it's beautiful and the fire. You can do all that. But at some point, you will need to fight. And Nehemiah reminds him, he says, fight for your brothers. Fight for your brothers. Fight for your sons. Fight for your daughters. Fight for your wives. Fight for your homes. In other words, come on. Like there's, you got to stand up and fight. Some people, sometimes they, they, they don't engage with spiritual warfare and they wonder why they're just constantly overcome like they're living on, uh, just under the weight of the world. Well, dude, you gotta bow up. And if it's too much for you to bear, you need to call the army of God together and then we can pray with you for that thing or that situation and we can rally around you because one will chase a 1,000, but two will chase 10,000, amen? So for me personally and I think it's beautiful that we rolled out this prayer card when we did um, because uh, I'm, I, I invite you to join me if you'd like to. Uh, but for the rest of the month, I'm going to have different uh, days in, in certain things that I'm going to be fasting in my life. So I'm going to do 21 days of prayer and fasting. Uh, we're not publicizing it as a, a church-wide call to prayer and fasting. It's just me personally, something I'm doing. If you are in a place where you need to see a breakthrough in your life, can I just encourage you as a pastor, if I could pastor you in a moment, you might need to get your fight up. You might need to get your shield up. You might need to do something different. If you don't do anything different, don't be surprised at the same results that you're getting that you keep on getting, all right? Sometimes you just gotta, you know what? I'm just gonna do it. I'm drawing a line in the sand. I don't care that I just bought a bunch of groceries for the house. I'm gonna fast all that stuff or I'm gonna throw out that sugar. You don't need any Halloween candy anyway, okay? Whatever it might be, I just wanna encourage you, get some fight in you. Get some fight in you for the things of God. And if you would like to join us for any weekly prayer times, we're gonna be utilizing this in our weekly prayer times 
times. The men, there were some awesome men that joined me on uh, Wednesday morning. We're doing a prayer watch here on Wednesday mornings from 6 to 7 p.m. right here in Needham Chapel. Uh, just really quick pro tip, the parking can kind of be challenging because of all the students. So you, if you need a buffer of time, go ahead and try to come early. Park wherever you can park, but we'll be meeting here from 6 to 7 a.m. And then we also have a prayer watch for all church, anybody that wants to come from 6 to 7 p.m. And I'm personally having time where I'm fasting that, that entire day. I invite you to join me. I know many of the intercessors pray and, and fast on Wednesdays for our church. But I want to invite you to do that. And then next, the next part, yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. And that's where you go back to the kingdom priorities. Okay, we've done all this. We thank God. We praised him. Uh, we've done some warfare. And now we just rest in the fact, you know what? Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. And yours is the glory. And in this moment, it's just a, 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 just a good final alignment, aligning yourself to the priorities of his kingdom. It's your kingdom. If you're looking at your card there, it's your kingdom. I'm going to seek first the kingdom of God. Lord, your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures throughout all generations. Psalms 145, 13. It's your power. Without you, I can do nothing. But through Christ, I can do all things. You're able to do exceedingly abundantly all that I could ask, think according to the power that works in me. Since you can do above all that I can do, Lord, I'm turning it over to you. It's your glory. May those who see my good works glorify my Father in heaven. I don't want any glory coming my way. I want it all going to you, God. Ephesians 3.21. Now to you be all glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. And that's where the prayer ends. And then it goes into the amen. And number seven, let it be so. Just expressing faith in God's ability. I'm gonna ask the prayer team or the, and the worship team, I'm gonna have the worship team join me up front and the prayer team in a second. And you guys can just begin to pray softly, play softly and pray softly if you want to, but you can play softly. Second Corinthians 1.20 says, all the promises of God in you are yes and in you, Amen. And if you're here today and you're like, man, this is powerful, this is so gonna help me grow in my walk with God, I wanna encourage you to do one more thing. And it, there's, there, there's what's called, it's known as one of the holy sacraments. And, um, and it's water baptism. If you've not been water baptized as an adult, if you've not been water baptized since making a fresh commitment to Christ, I wanna encourage you I want to invite you uh, to come and be baptized next weekend. Uh, beyond me, uh, I believe Jesus is giving you an invitation to come and be baptized. The hallmark of every believer, when you read the New Testament, was they would go and immediately be baptized. There, there's individuals getting baptized, young and old. There's entire families that got baptized. They got baptized in rivers. They got baptized in lakes and seas. And, and, and we, we have our best baptismal tank ready for you guys. <laughs> and next weekend, we're gonna fill it up and we're gonna pray that it's gonna be a holy moment for you. It's gonna be literally like I was one way and then on that Sunday, I was baptized and I don't know how to explain it, but I'm another way. And in, in a very simplistic sense, when you are water baptized, you're, it's the seal of the covenant that you've been given. So when you believe in Jesus, your name's written in the Lamb's book of life. Hallelujah. But when you're baptized, it's like that's the seal. That's the seal on that covenant, that relationship. And I'm telling you, so many people can testify to this. When they were baptized, where they really went all in for Christ and they fully surrendered to him, the, the word of God seemed to come alive like never before. Um, the, the, the prayer time, it, it felt more intimate. Um, I, I remember for me getting baptized, I, I was raised Catholic, so my parents baptized me. Uh, but then later on in life, I learned that baptism is for the repentance of sins. It was saying, hey, I'm, I'm walking away from this sinful nature. And as a baby, I, <laughs> you know, I was born with a sinful nature, but I wasn't making sinful choices. I was just a baby, you know. Uh, but when I got older, 
I had made some sinful choices. I made some choices that weren't really in line with God's word and with his plan. And, and I had done some things that I wasn't really proud of. And, and I remember the pastor in a gathering kind of like this. And he, he shared a little bit on the importance of water baptism. And man, my heart started beating like crazy. And I'm like, what is wrong with me? <laughs> my palms got a little sweaty. And I knew the Holy Spirit was putting his finger on me. He's talking to me. He's talking to me. He's talking to me. And the pastor said, if you'd like to be water baptized, we're going to meet on Saturday and we're going to go to this pool and you're invited to come. And man, I was so nervous because I'm, mama, I'm like an adult, right? You know, I'm not like a young kid that just got back from youth camp, okay? Like, you know, like I'm in my 20s, I'm living, I'm working a job, I'm a single dad doing my best to figure out life and my daughter and everything else. And I just, I, I went all in, man. And I invited my family. They thought I was totally crazy. They thought I was weird. Um, you know, being raised in, in the Catholicism, it was just different. And so I, I, I can understand it now better than I understand, understood it back then. But despite that, my, my family actually came and, and they sat through it, even though they didn't understand it, and they applauded. And I'm so grateful that they were there because uh, within a few years, uh, I was able to help lead all of them to Jesus, a real true relationship with Jesus. And I was able to baptize my parents, baptize them in a river, baptize my brothers. I mean, it was just incredible. It's like line up the dominoes. And they all fell down for Jesus, you know. And if you're here and you haven't encountered God in that way or you haven't experienced it, or maybe you had, but it's been a long time and you feel like you need to make a fresh commitment, I just want to let you know that it's not me, it's the Holy Spirit is inviting you into that time. He's inviting you into that relationship. And so you can sign up and be water baptized. We will have a, an authentic t-shirt for you, a black t-shirt. You can come in your shorts and whatever else, and we'd be so honored to baptize you next weekend. And God puts his amen on your lives. Jeremiah thirty-two seventeen says, Ah, sovereign Lord, you've made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. And it's not in your notes, but it's on the screen. It's a favorite scripture that I have when it comes to really like the, the final blow when you're, when you're coming out of your prayer closet. It's out of the book of Revelation. This is Revelation 5.13. Now to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Can we just stand to our feet? I just want to encourage you to ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, what are you speaking to me about today? What is it about this message? What is it about prayer? What is it about baptism that you would speak to me? I, I pray that you would speak to me today. And if you're here under the sound of my voice and you would say that, you know what? This sounds awesome. This sounds great. <laughs> I, I, I don't have a relationship with God, but I would like to. I I want to believe in Jesus, and I, I feel like I do, but I've never officially said it aloud, Jesus, I believe in you. If that's you today, I'm just going to pray a prayer, and you can just repeat it from your heart, and as a church, we're going to repeat it together. It's not magic words. It's, it's a prayer from your heart, but like, uh, like an officiant at a wedding where they help to lead the bride and the groom and the vows, I'm just going to kind of lead you in some vows in your covenant relationship with Jesus that you'd like to start today. And we're just going to join together, and if you could help me out, church, and just repeat after me, say, Jesus, come into my life again today. Would you forgive me of any wrong that I've done? Jesus, I believe that you're the Son of God. I believe that you died and you rose again for me. So I don't put my faith and trust in myself. I put my faith and trust in you. And I believe in you, Jesus. And I pray, Father, that I would have everlasting life today. I commit that I'm gonna walk in your ways all the days of my life. From this day forward, I'm gonna live for you. I'm not gonna live for myself. I'm not gonna live for money. I'm not gonna live for pleasure. I'm going to live for you. So Jesus, come and have your way in my life. Anything that you want out of my life, I pray that you would take it out. Anything that you want to put into my life, God, put it into my life, and I receive it. 
I receive your love. I receive your correction. I receive your encouragement today. I receive your rebuke today. God, I just want to be close to you. I want to have that unbroken fellowship with you. God, come fill this place. Fill this place. Fill us, God. Let's sing this together. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com.